0: just did the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. <coughs> Not if you round down, buddy. Mm. Yeah. <coughs> Once again, Bucketheads, May Partigar, welcome to another Bantha Tracks bonus podcast, and we are once again Mandavision After Dark tonight. So, thank you for uh, <laughs> listening for me for basically three days in a row. Um, <laughs> I guess there's always the option you have to not listen to me three days in a row, but for three days in a row, we have dropped new content and. Uh, I'm glad you're checking it out. That's that's really the bottom line here. <laughs> you know, like I said before, we had some unique scheduling this week that allowed for us to kind of let the Mandalorian and the Bad Batch episodes from this week uh, have some space so that we could talk about them probably a little bit more fully than we've been able to so far in the season. Um, but next week will also sort of dictate that. My schedule may be a little bit more challenging <laughs> to make that happen, but... You know, with the Bad Batch coming out this week being, being two episodes on the same day to close out season two, um, I feel like that is worthy of its own episode. And again, I have a strong belief that the next episode of The Mandalorian will also merit uh, a lot of time to dissect and discuss what happens in that episode of the show. So somehow, someway, we will pull it off again next week with at least two episodes of the show and possibly a third pending any sort of breaking news. That comes out during the course of the week. And that's what we're doing with this episode because uh, there was some Star Wars news earlier in the week that I feel like we need to get into. And uh, as, as a sort of a, a special rare treat, uh, we get to dive into our mailbag this week because I got a very uh, wonderful audio message from our good friend, uh, Rural Farm Boy, who has been a member of Buckethead Nation since the beginning. Uh, and I always love getting a chance to, to uh correspond and engage with him i wish i got to do it more i wish i did it more often <laughs> probably need to put more of the onus on myself and take the time to to reach out to him but he's been a great supporter of this podcast from day one um and i always enjoy hearing from him so we will sort of get into what we chatted about or well not chatted what we <laughs> exchanged in an email about because i he brought up some interesting points uh and i think you need to provide a little bit more clarity in what I was trying to say in last week's bonus episode where we talked about Thrawn. So that's what's on the schedule for today. Um, and I think it'll be a... I want to say this be a quick and easy, clean-cut podcast. But, you know, <laughs> you know, sometimes I just get rambling. I get on a roll, and things just fly out. And, and again, it's after dark. It is after dark, and anything can happen, I suppose. Not really. It's not like I've been pounding scotch or anything today, so the show will <laughs> not get too nuts. Don't worry about that. But let's go ahead. Uh, we'll get into our first topic today on this Panther Jacks bonus episode of the show. Um, and you know what that means. It is time, my friends. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. I would like to see the baby. So the first thing we want to talk about on this bonus episode of the show is the news that came out this week. Uh, about Damien Lindelof and and Justin Britt Gibson um, basically turning in a script for a Star Wars film uh, and then walking away from it shortly thereafter. Uh, There has been some interesting speculation about what the cause of all this was, uh, how things kind of came to be. You know, Lindelof had been rumored uh, to be involved in uh, the Star Wars film for quite some time. He is a well-known fan of Star Wars, uh, and I'm a big fan of Damien Lindelof, personally, I, I th- I'm, I'm a huge fan of Lost, and I loved his Watchmen series from HBO from a couple of years ago, uh, so I was really excited by the idea that, that Damien Lindelof, uh, and, and his writing partner in this one, uh, Justin Brick Gibson, would, would get a chance to take a crack at Star Wars, it sounded like a really, really good opportunity um, for, for, for the fans to, to get, you know... Cinematic experience um, for Star Wars back on the big screen, you know. Uh, so it was disappointing to hear that he was leaving the project basically after he turned in his draft of the script. Um, I want to read this quote that he did with Slash, in an interview with, with a Slash Film from earlier in the month. It says, "quote I will just say that for reasons that I can't get, get into on this Sunday morning, on this day, the degree of difficulty is extremely, extremely." extremely high. If the film can't be great, it shouldn't exist, shared Lindelof. That's all I'll say because I have the same association with Star Wars as you do, which is that it's the first movie I saw sitting on my dad's lap four years old, May of 1977. I think it's possible that sometimes when you hold something in such high reverence and esteem, you start to get in the kitchen and you just go, maybe I shouldn't be cooking, maybe I should just be eating. We'll just leave it at that point. End quote. So, Again, it's sort of telling what he's saying there. It's, it's Obviously, he has Star Wars in high esteem, but the rumor mill will be the rumor mill, and there's all sorts of um, rumors that there's also some, some behind-the-scenes things going on uh, with his relationship with Lucasfilm that perhaps uh, he and, and Justin Briggs Gibson um, were not aware that Kathleen Kennedy would be hiring a, a different director, that being uh, Charmaine Abid, oh, Obied Chinoy, excuse me. Um, maybe they weren't aware of that going in, maybe they thought Lindelof would get a chance to direct something like that. You know, the, these are rumors though, there, there may be nothing to these, it may be something as simple as Lindelof wasn't happy with the work he did on the script and, and decided that he was just going to walk away because he has too much love for Star Wars. Um, but what it also says to me, what I, t- what I sort of take away from this, and again, feel free to agree or disagree with this, uh, it sounds like there is an inordinate amount of pressure at, at Lucasfilm and at Disney for whatever the next hours film to be, will be, to be a massive, massive like rejuvenation of the franchise on the cinematic level. And that may be... The sort of pressure that that Lindelof just has no interest in, you know, uh, and and again, this is a guy who who, who took uh, the probably the most revered comic book of all time and gave it a sequel, <laughs> you know, something that you know that it's the the creator of the Watchmen had no interest in doing, no interest in supporting in any way whatsoever, uh, and, and in my opinion, he gave us a really excellent uh, miniseries on HBO on, H- on HBO, excuse me. So, again, the stakes were high in that regard with the Watchmen, but for for Disney, for Lucasfilm, for Star Wars, you know, it's been since twenty nineteen that was when the Rise of Skywalker came out. It's been quite some time without Star Wars on on the on the big screen. Which I mean, remember a few you, you know it wasn't that long ago that Disney was advocating you know Star Wars film in cinemas every year. You know, from this day forward, kind of kind of thinking. Um, and they've done nothing but backtrack on that, you know, and unfortunately, a lot of the times when they go to explain why they're doing what they're doing with Star Wars in movie theaters, they, they've made Solo the whipping boy. Um, and uh, you know, as listeners of this podcast know, I am a huge fan of Solo. Uh, it is, it is a movie that has become near and dear to my heart and it didn't start there. It had to work its way into my heart. Um, And I love it for all the reasons that they're pointing out that it doesn't work for them. Uh, So I'm not sure, and again, this is my opinion. Feel free to agree or disagree. It is my opinion that they are putting way, way too much pressure on filmmakers to make Star Wars, for lack of a better term, great again. Um... (laughs) God, I can't believe I said that, because Star Wars is great already. But what they seem to want as executives behind the scenes, I'm not sure how attainable that is. There's a lot of competition at the movie theaters right now movie theaters are not doing the insane, robust business that they were doing pre-2020. And if the movie-going audience is anything is feeling anything like I am right now when the, when I think about going to the movies, I just sort of shrug. And I'm like, Meh, I can wait. I don't need to go see that in theaters. Because everything's franchises now. Everything is a sequel or a spinoff or connected to some larger series around it. Um, and that's gotten to be, to me, a tad tiresome. Star Wars, of course, should be an event. It should be uh, something to mark on your calendars, buy tickets, day in advance, days and days in advance of, so that you can go with your friends and make it a real event, you know, plan your night around it and, and have a great time. But I don't think they need to have <laughs> so much of the future writing on the next Star Wars film, Reinventing Star Wars, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and and what I, what I'm trying to say with that is is you can make a Star Wars film that is great, that is not, um, you know, some massive epic space opera trilogy necessarily. Those are great. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm here for those. Those are what got me in the door. But not everything has to be that way. I'm perfectly fine with just having a fun romp in the Star Wars Galaxy give me a fun adventure give me um, a story about bounty hunters give me a story about uh, rogue elements within the empire or or give me stories set in different time periods of this galaxy show me the galaxy you know a thousand years before or a thousand years in the future and and how things may have been shaped by events we've seen already there's so much vast potential in the Star wars galaxy and I feel like that I feel like there's a lot of pressure to replicate past success. And I think that is a, a dangerous, dangerous path to be on. But unfortunately that seems to be what a lot of movies are nowadays. Again, tent poles, franchises, sequels, um, um, a lot of kind of like the same flavor on your palate. Star Wars should be in you know, multiple flavors for multiple palettes. It should it should be Everything to everyone, everywhere, all at once. No, I just scratch. Ignore that I said that. That was a terrible joke. But it it can it can be so many different things. And I feel like they're trying to shoehorn it into this. It must be epic. It must be amazing. It must blow the eyes out of the back of your skull. And again, maybe I'm reading a lot into the comments here <laughs> for this next film. But I'm, I'm very concerned that they're, they're uh, going to swing and miss because they're, they're aiming for something that maybe they just need to build towards instead. You know, we'll see. I, I believe that Star Wars deserves to be in the cinemas. It should be in the cinemas. And we should all want to go and, and experience Star Wars on the big screen in, in that environment because when Star Wars works on the big screen, it is an absolute blast to be in the theaters with other Star Wars fans. It's so much fun when you're all enjoying it, when you're all connecting with the material in the same way. Um, you know, and we're, we're weeks away from Star Wars Celebration and rumors, again, swirling around that there'll be announcements about some other Star Wars projects, sp- uh, possibly the Taika Waititi film that's been rumored now that I think is in the scripting phase. Uh, and I think there is also talk of who was the other person? I'm trying to blank on their name right now. That was also connected with um, oh, uh, Sean Levy, Sean Levy, the guy who works a lot with Ryan Reynolds, if you're not super familiar with his work. Um, wor- rumor is that they may be announcing those projects more specifically. But again, we've gone down this road where they've announced plenty of projects only to walk them back or cancel them a short time later. Or in the case of, of Rogue One, just you know, drag it out for years and years and years before you cancel it. Not Rogue One, Rogue Squadron. Excuse me, pardon me. So that all being said, <laughs> again, I don't want to go into like the sort of litany of of rumors that are existing behind the scenes on why Lindelof walked away, why his writing partner walked away from this film, that will be probably announced more fully at uh, Star Wars Celebration. Because it should be noted that as Lindelof and his partner walked away, uh, 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 Stephen Knight, excuse me, Stephen Knight, who uh, did Peaky Blinders. Is stepping in to take over the scripting, and he's a talented guy. He's, a, you know, PG is probably his most famous for, but he's been involved in many, many other projects. So, you know, I feel like the the, sh- the movie is in good hands. But again, I, I am sort of concerned that um, there's just a lot of pressure at Disney and Lucasfilm for the next Star Wars movie to be the biggest thing ever, and I think that is dangerous, dangerous territory. But Lindelof does make a very valid point about the material and having um, such reverence for it and how that probably is a challenge and, and makes it uh, difficult to, to sort of achieve the storytelling that you're trying to, to, to tell. You know, one of the things we talked about, you know, years ago when, when the indoor series was announced and when it was going into pre production, uh, and, and Tony Gilroy was, was doing some interviews and, and very openly talking about, you know, how he doesn't have that reverence for Star Wars and, and being able to be divorced from the material allows him to look at it a different way and and to uh, focus on different aspects of the material. And we can see, you know, I think many of us saw the results of that and and were just vastly impressed by the the Andor series and this first season one of it. Um, So maybe there's something to that, to being disconnected and not being a Star Wars uber fan. But I'm pretty confident that there are some Star Wars uber fans out there that are going to... Get a crack at this thing and make a great star wars film you know uh, aside from from patty jenkins rogue uh, rogue squadron movie getting shelved you know word is that Marvel's kevin feige's marvel star wars treatment also got shelved so you know i it's it'll be interesting to see what these next films turn out to be uh, and what sort of steps they take to to getting the audiences to re-engage with star wars cinematically but I mean, I'm here for it. You're, you're, I'm going to go to the theaters. Don't get me wrong. Star Wars should be experienced in the theaters whenever possible. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens next. But stay tuned. You know, Whatever announcements come out at Star Wars Celebration in, in a few weeks, you know we will be here to talk about and, and um, provide our, our two cents for whatever it's worth. <laughs> so, all right. I think that covers that portion of things. So we're going to take a quick break. And we'll come back and talk. We'll we'll dive into our mailbag, which again, something we don't get to do too often on the podcast. But I'm really excited to sort of address some of the things that our good friend, uh, rural rural farm boy, brought up uh, in his uh, audio email to me. And uh, yeah, so be right back. I find that answer vague and unconvincing. All right, so we're back, and now we're going to take take a time to take a time. Now we're going to take the time to sort of dive into our our mailbag and. By mailbag, I mean like the one email we got in response to last week's bonus show. Uh, we were we were talking about Th- Thron uh, coming back, possibly being the one pulling the strings in the season of the Mandalorian. Um, and and Rural Farm Boy wanted to write in, and by writing I mean leave me an audio message via email, <laughs> which is perfectly acceptable. I loved listening to it, um, letting me know that that the via some of the podcasts he listens to, that he's heard some very different things coming out, and that when Thrawn shows up, it will not be uh, at all like what was done in the original Thrawn trilogy that Timothy Zahn wrote. Um, And I wanted to respond to that by saying, that's awesome. I'm super stoked on that idea, too. I think last week, when I was talking about Thrawn coming back in and sort of speculating about uh, bringing that trilogy to the screen, I think I misspoke personally and, and used the word adapt to describe what I, was, what I was thinking. And really what I wanted to say was I saw this as an opportunity to bring elements of the, that story, of that, that three-book arc, into, into canon, like they've slowly been doing over the past few years. Just kind of taking things, bits and pieces of it that work, for the story they're telling and kind of bringing it to life, and that's what they've been doing a lot of uh, in Star Wars animation for the past few years on the Clone Wars, on Rebels, uh, on The Bad Batch, you know, bringing in Wayland, uh, and and what they've been doing on the Mandalorian, bringing in you know the Dark Troopers and, and and various elements of sort of the old expanded universe stuff, and that's all I was really trying to say. And I think I got a I think I used poor word choice. Uh, I'd like to clarify right now, let, let people know, I don't want to ever <laughs> see a straight adaptation of any of the previous books, uh, because I like those books the way they are, and I don't need to see an adaptation of them on the big screen. Um, it, it, you know, I get enough of that with with you know the Marvel universe and and, and other things. I, you know, I like Star Wars being this multifaceted thing. And, and so I just want to kind of provide a little clarity, like I don't want to see anything from the old expanded universe sort of be like straight up, word for word adaptation on the big screen. Like that's, that doesn't, that's not gonna uh, uh, scratch my Star Wars itch. You know, I've read that book, I know that book. I don't need to see it part to the big screen. I like what they've been doing in animation, on the Mandalorian. And that's just bringing in elements. And that, that's really all I was trying to get at. And I, like I said, I, I, ch- I think I chose my words poorly. But because I do think there's a chance to bring over several elements of that Thrawn arc into the canon. But if if Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni have vastly different plans, they are not going to hurt my feelings. I, I'm, I'm here for all of it. I'm, I'm in on the ride. And, you know. Sometimes I don't like to speculate, but sometimes it's fun to speculate. So that's, that's maybe where I got a little off the path last week. Uh, so thank you to RFB for sort of redirecting me and making me examine um, <laughs> where maybe I chose the wrong word or two last week. I'd also like to thank RFB for, for letting me know that he's not a fan. And I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this. Not a fan of the original Thron trilogy. He's actually never finished it, and I'd like to respond to that because he mentioned one. Uh, he used one. Ex- he, he cited one example. I'm sure there's there's more that he has for for what wasn't working for him in those books. And I have to admit that uh, after I read the books, and I went on this thing called the internet with my sweet dial up modem, you know, 28 bods per whatever I don't I don't even remember how it worked now just that awful god-awful sound and your your mom picking up the phone and and yelling at you through it because she was trying to make a phone call to grandma <laughs> but I would go online on the internet on the America online specifically uh, and go and find Star Wars message boards which if you're young and you don't know what that is it's kind of like Reddit but way more annoying way more annoying back in the day because you had to do a lot of like poking around to find the right threads. <laughs> so, but long story short, I'd get on these Star Wars message boards and and, and go to the, the threads, the folders, that pertained to the Thrawn trilogy, th- to Timothy Zahn stuff, and a lot of the people that I would engage with in those forums um, cited the same thing. So the, the fact that RFB uh, admitted to me one aspect of it that didn't work for him, that made it feel not Star Wars enough to him, um, you, you were not alone, sir. Uh, you, you cited the exact same thing that many people, you know, 30 years ago had a problem with too. So uh, trust me, I'm, I'm well aware that the Thrawn trilogy was not for everyone, that it didn't uh, scratch everyone's Star Wars itch, but it certainly scratched mine and it reinvigorated me to get back into uh, Star Wars in, in a big, bad way. And I also wanted to let you know, because you mentioned it in your voice message, that like yourself, uh, I had the Star Wars role-playing game source book from West End Games, uh, and I lived for that book. Uh, I actually have, I think I'm on like my second or third copy of it because I would just go through the pages of that and just, just devour all that Star Wars content they were giving us, all that backstory they were giving us uh, on characters and species and planets and you know a little bit of history that was thrown in there for the context of the games. I love that source book so, so much. Like I said, I, I, I think I'm on my second or third copy of it. If it's, It might be the third because I think th- I still have my second, um, but that's getting a little worn out too. So I think I bought a, a third one a couple of years ago just to kind of make sure the other one didn't fall apart on me like the first did so many, many years ago. So I, I still have a, a, a very big spot in my heart for that, that Star Wars role-playing game source book. That thing is full of awesome, awesome material, and I love it so very much it's just a delight to to go back through that I, I was um i think it was just a few months ago i actually was uh, sitting on the floor in my in the second bedroom where a lot of my star wars content is at and i was just leafing through the pages rereading passages that i have read you know, dozens possibly hundreds of times you know in in 40 40-ish years uh, <laughs> probably not quite 40 at this point you know i was a wee babe at one point and during that time but I love that source book, RFB, and, and, and I'm glad you mentioned it to me in, in your message. So thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. But yeah, it, it, I got, like I said, we were speculating last week, and if, if the plan for Thrawn is vastly different than the, the, the stuff that Zon did, that's cool. I just think there is a chance to incorporate a few elements, and not the one that bothered you in the book. We, we can skip over that. There's a reason why in the old Expanded Universe that was never brought up again. And I'm being intentionally vague for other viewers. I'm, t- I'm talking directly to RFB right now. The thing that you mentioned, to my recollection, was never used in any other series ever. So <laughs> there may have been a memo after those books came out, and and, and uh, the the early online reaction criticism of that particular aspect. Um, so you may have been onto something with that. Don't you know? Don't doubt. Don't doubt it for a second. The power of the internet, even back in the '90s, was a thing. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, oh boy. So I think that addresses everything that I had to say today. Um, and so I want to kind of close out. Um, I'm going to be sort of vague here because I don't... I'm uncomfortable with the topic of death. Uh, but earlier tonight I learned that a dear friend of mine um, passed away. Uh, I actually I think he's a smidge younger than myself uh so hearing of his passing was um pretty pretty shocking um you know he he's behind a wife and a child and it's just an insanely sad situation uh but this person was a big part of getting me into podcasting uh, he was one of my first co-hosts on the first podcast i ever got to to be a part of and um just an, an insanely nice guy, an insanely talented guy, uh, an insanely kind guy. Uh, so to hear of his passing today was was, was completely devastating, uh, and and uh, my heart goes out to to his his wife and child, who now you know have their time with him just cut so insanely short. Because like I said, he he I think he was a smidge younger than myself, um, and it's just the, the the thought of that is is just horrible Uh, so if you know if you're out there and you have loved ones in your life uh, just just you know take an extra minute because uh, crazy things happen in life every day and just make sure that the people you love know that you love them and and um, that's all I really wanted to say about it I don't want to go down too much of an emotional rabbit hole uh, because this is not an area I'm super comfy discussing things in but but, yeah, this is one of those moments where, you, where uh, I pause and reflect. And, um, yeah, and, and I love all of you who take the time to listen to this podcast. So thank you so much for being a part of my life in any fashion whatsoever. Uh, it does mean the world to me, and I want you all to know that. So, uh, again, go, go give your loved ones a hug and, and, and tell them how much you care about them. And we're going to get out of here. I'm going to close the show on that note. Sorry, it's a little somber way to end the podcast. But um, like I said, this was a good guy. Uh, and and it's a possibility without, without his support you know, many, many years ago, maybe this podcast doesn't exist. So uh, I want to thank him for that. And um, I'll be thinking about him a lot in, in, in the coming uh, days and weeks and months. Uh, yeah, this one stings. Lost a good one today, folks. Um, all right, let's let's close up shop. We'll be back soon next week. Like I said, I, th- I think we're gonna get two episodes out again because I want to give uh, the Bad Batch two-parter or two episode season finale um, proper room for discussion, and of course, The Mandalorian deserves proper room for discussion as well. So we'll be back next week, probably Wednesday and Thursday will be the release dates. But I'll keep you posted on social media if anything changes. All right. Okay, Bucket and Asian. thanks so much for listening to this bonus episode. Uh, love you all be great Star Wars fans and just be great human beings and, and hang out with the ones you love right this weekend and have a good time, all right? This podcast, it only ends one way, my friends. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.